series today on the Holy Spirit. And um, it's been, uh, this will be the eighth sermon. And if you have missed it, you can go on our website to www.vfcselection.org. Go into the media area and you can click on my sermons and you can kind of keep up if you'd like to to go back even over about the Holy Spirit series, or if you've missed one, you can actually go there and see that as well. But I will be ending out today on the Holy Spirit series, sermon number eight, Be Filled with the Spirit. And that's what my title today and my message today is this, Be Filled with the Spirit. And I, I want to uh, ask you today if you would stand with me across the building once again because we want to read Galatians 2 and 20. We never leave uh, a service without uh, quoting Galatians 2 and 20. And if you don't know it, you will eventually know it and you'll have it memorized if you stay around with us long enough. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across this building today. And, and, and also let me say today, if you're a visitor today, uh, and you may have been here a couple times but you haven't filled out a visitor's card, please do so today. We would love to know more about you. We would like to continue to share love to you. We'd like to uh, let you know that you are welcomed here at Victory Fellowship. And after you've been here uh, for the first time, you're part of the family uh, of the church here. And we love you in any way of capacity that we can encourage you and, and help you along the way. That's what we want to do here at Victory Fellowship uh, Church here today. And so if you have your Bibles today, I want to hold those up high. That's the sword of the Spirit. And with the Bibles there in the pew uh, in front of you there, it's going to be projected on the screen. We want to thank those for watching us live. My prayer is there's something that I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. And let's look at this today. Be filled with the Spirit. Go with me, if you would, in the New Testament to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning with the 18th verse. Ephesians 5 and 18 and let's look at this a little bit as time will permit we're going to go through this a little bit today Ephesians 5 and 18 the Bible says and be not drunk with wine wherein is excessive but be filled, and I want us to look at this today, be filled with the Spirit. Let me read that again, Ephesians 5 and 18. And be not drunk with wine, <clears throat> wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I want you to know today that the Holy Spirit is wanting to be active in our hearts and in our lives. He doesn't want us to substitute anything else 
for us to get our minds on, to get involved in, uh, to find whatever we're looking for. We have found, I want to encourage you today, we have found what we're looking for. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I want you to know today, when you find Him, you have found it all. And when you do find Him and know Him, then therefore when you've accepted Jesus into your heart and life, then that means the Holy Spirit becomes activated in your life and therefore you can grow in Christ Jesus by the Spirit, through the Spirit, in the Spirit, and you can move forward in Him. But you have to be activated by the Holy Spirit. That's why the writer says, the Apostle Paul says, not be drunk with wine, don't let wine. He gives you an example to get you all excited, to get you out of your mind or not knowing what's going on. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit because the Spirit of God is activated in your life as He will move you forward. He will teach you. He will bring all to your remembrance and give you the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And thank God for His Holy Spirit. I want you to know today what is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit. It's not for us to be controlled about anything else, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to control our thoughts, control our hearts, control our minds. We need to be thinking on good things. Whatever goes in our minds is going to come out of our minds. Whether it's junk going in, it's junk going out. Whether it's good stuff going in, it's good stuff going out. The Holy Spirit is there to be in control to help us and let us know whether we're going right or whether we're going wrong. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is there to direct us whether we're going right or whether we're going wrong. If it's a place that we shouldn't be, if it's something that we shouldn't see, if it's something that we shouldn't hear, if it's something that we shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit will put us in check. Now I want you to know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can. We can vex the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit which we can begin to do the things that we shouldn't do. Therefore, that causes the Holy Spirit not to do what He's to do because His office and His position is to lead us, comfort us, direct us, teach us through this life which you and I live in. I want you to know today, the Holy Spirit comes into the believer as a new birth. When one is filled he gives the Holy Spirit complete control. Let me say it again. When one is filled, He gives the Holy Spirit complete control. It is not for us to call on the Holy Spirit when we're in a jam. It's not for us to call on the Holy Spirit when we're in a situation. It's not for us to call on the Spirit when we're dealing with an issue. That Holy Spirit is to be with you day in and day out. You don't put the Holy Spirit on on Sunday and put the Holy Spirit in the closet on Monday. The Holy Spirit is to go with you on Monday just like He is on Tuesday, just like He is on Wednesday. The Holy Spirit has to be activated in your life so that you you can move because no longer are you part of yourself, but now you're in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Amen. Listen, 
What happens when one is filled with the Spirit? The church and the family life are affected when you become and allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in your heart and life. As we see in Ephesians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in her and in his and hers life. I want you to know when the Holy Spirit is active in our life, then the fruit of the Spirit becomes activated in our life. Let's look at this in Galatians 5 and 21. Envies, envies, murders, uh, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of that which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to what he says. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy. It is peace. It is long-suffering. It is gentleness. It is goodness. It is faith. When we begin to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be active in our hearts and life, that's when we have the character of Christ living out of our lives. No, you're not Christ. I'm not Christ. We'll never be Jesus Christ. But we can have the character of Christ. You say, well, pastor, how can you have the character? You can have the character by what? Allowing the fruit of the Spirit to take active in your heart and in your life. You may say today, well, pastor, <coughs> I'm loving, but I'm not long-suffering. You may say today, well, Pastor, I've got gentleness, but I don't have faith. Listen, these are things that we are to work on daily. The Bible says to work on our salvation by fear and trembling. It is for us to work on. It is for us to have the fruit of the Spirit. If we're lacking in one thing, guess what? God gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding. He lets us know what we need to do to achieve what we need to achieve. He'll put no more on us than we can bear, but He will make a way of an escape. And I want you to know today that God is wanting to give you all all, not some, not a little. He wants to give you all to equip you as a believer so that you can go as Jesus Christ has commanded us as servants and disciples to do the work of the kingdom of God. You can't do anything unless you've got the Spirit of God within you. You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit being active in your life. <coughs> the Bible says... That we clearly understand that he or she becomes bold in their witnessing when the Holy Spirit is in our hearts and life. Is your witness, witness strong today or is your wit, a witness weak today? All of us today that, that claims to know the Lord Jesus Christ remembers the day that we got saved. I've said it and will say it again. I got saved on Halloween night. On October the 31st when I was 16 years old. Yes, while the devil was uh, worshiping and while all of the witches and warlocks were causing spells. On October the 31st, I was on, in my, on my knees in the altar getting saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost at that moment and that time. And I remember that night. A night that I'll never forget. <clears throat> I want you to know today 
God's Holy Spirit is there to help us. He's wanting to help us. We've just got to yield and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. In Acts 4 and 33, or let me say Acts 4 and 31. I'm jumping a gun here a little bit. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled, listen, with the Holy Ghost. And they spake in the words of God with boldness. They didn't know what it was. <clears throat> they didn't know anything about it. Jesus told them to stay put, stay in a place that the comforter is going to come. I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will bring a comforter to you to comfort you that you will be empowered, endued in power so that you can do the work that I have called you to do. That's what God says. We've got to wait upon the Lord for He will renew our strength. We will mount up like wings of eagles. We'll soar. We'll not faint. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But we must wait and let the manifestation of the power of God to be alive in our lives so that we can be what God would want us to be. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. I want you to know today we live in a world that we've got to be bold about our witness. We've got to be bold about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody else is about bold about everything else that they're dealing with or going through or what they are. We've got to be bold about the Lord Jesus Christ and allow Jesus to have his way and said we would turn this place upside down and let people know that Jesus Christ is rose on the third day. He's seated with the right hand of the Father. And now we have power from on high. Yeah. Hallelujah. Bible clearly lets us know in Acts 33, 4 and 33, and when great, great power of the apostles, the witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace, great grace, great grace was upon them. I want you to know God has unleashed His grace he is unleashing His mercy. His Holy Spirit is still here on this earth. It has not gone back to Him. It is here, and it's for us to be active in our walk with God. It's us to be active in our faith in God. It's for us to be active in our witness with God so that people will know that Jesus Christ is not dead, but He's alive, and He dwells forevermore, and He's here to save those that are lost. Listen, I want you to know today that there is great generosity towards those that are even in need. In Acts 4 and 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, of one soul. Neither said any of them they ought of the things which he possessed was his home, but they had all things common. And now we're living in a world today that we must understand that it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. Now, society will say, keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with this. Keep up with that. Oh, the more cars you got, the more houses you got, the more money you got, the more things you got. Listen, we've got to come down, back down to the basics. We need Jesus Christ. We need Jesus Christ in our heart and life. We need our family saved. We need our friends saved. We need this world saved. And the only way that we can do that is continue to put our trust 
in God, not trust in man, not trust in monies, not trust in wealth, but we're to trust the living God because that will stand the test of times and that's what's going to carry us and bring us to heaven is to know that we are saved and that God has saved a wretched man, a wretched woman that we are so that we can be saved, delivered and healed and be restored as Jesus restores his church. Hallelujah. I want you to know today, my first point today is this. Man, I'm just scratching the surface and we're getting close here. Grieve not the Spirit. Grieve not the Spirit. Ephesians 4 and 30 says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit reveals... His emotions to us and through us. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit reveals, reveals His emotions to us and through us. To us, God is love. 1 John 4 and 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. As the third person... Of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit reveals the love and emotions of God. This love keeps Him seeking to save those who are lost. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important to be active in our hearts and lives. That's why it's so important that we pray that the Holy Spirit have His way in our families, that the Holy Spirit will have His way in our churches, that the Holy Spirit would have His way everywhere that we go. Listen, the Holy Spirit reveals the love and emotions of God, the love that keeps Him seeking to save those who are lost. A familiar passage of Scripture is in John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth upon Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the Holy Spirit comes to us. It comes through us. Romans 5 and 5, and the hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. A hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God has shed what? He has shed His love of His heart, and the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Listen, the negative acts of man affects the emotions of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. The negative acts of man affects the emotions of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seeks to draw believers into relationship with Him, to transform us into the image of Christ. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is determined by the choice we make. Let me say it again. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is determined by the choices we make. Choices affect our relationship with God just as they do uh, with people. Our wrong choices will follow the negative emotionals and respond as the Holy Spirit can be. That's why it's so important that we not grieve the Holy Spirit, that we not override our conscious listen listen god has given us the ability to have a conscious and he's given us subconscious sometimes in this world and society we will override our conscious 
we will say what's good is bad, what bad is good. And the Bible talks about that in the last days. And listen, if we're not careful, we'll override our conscience and say, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's all right. God loves us. Oh, yeah, he loves us. It's okay. Go. Yeah, be what you want to be. Say what you want to say. Go where you want to go. Do what you want to do. Yeah, that's a society that we live. But listen, Jesus clearly lets us know that he is a God of love, but he's a God of just. He doesn't go against his word because he is the word. And therefore, if we're not careful, we'll override our conscience. But guess what? Those negative acts of man will affect the emotions of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to be in competition with you. The Holy Spirit is not going to be in competition. He is not going to be a third wheel. He's not going to be a person to be set on a shelf and pick him up when you need him. The Holy Spirit wants to be active in your life day in and day out. And you cannot, hear me today, you cannot be the servant nor the disciple that Jesus Christ wants you to be unless the Holy Spirit is activating in you. And if he's not activating in you and you're trying to do things, you're doing it mechanically. You're doing it mechanically. Nothing, none, none of that is going to get any praise or any honor with God when you do stuff within yourself. Because you and I will make a mess of it if we do it within ourselves. We've got to be driven by the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we walk in the way that the Holy Spirit would want us to go. Listen. The Bible says not only do we not grieve the Holy Spirit, I mean, uh, uh, grieve the Holy Spirit, but we can't vex the Holy. We can vex the Holy Spirit as well. Vex means by rebellion. We can rebel against what the Holy Spirit is saying. We can begin to rebel and say, "Now nah, I'm going to do it my way today." Uh, Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll I'll pick you up tomorrow. Well, that right there is vexing the Holy Spirit because we're being rebellious. We're not listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and therefore it's by rebellion. Isaiah 63 and 10, but they rebelled and vexed His Holy Spirit, and therefore He was turned to be the enemy, and He fought against them. You see, I want you to know today... God sees you and I, there's nothing hidden, including your pastor, there's nothing hidden. He knows everything about us from, from left to right. He knows all the intent of our heart. He knows exactly what you and I go through. He knows your temptations. He knows the test. He knows what, what, to, what you're going through. And the devil knows how to push your buttons. And I want you to know today, that's why we have to be equipped with the Holy Spirit. So that we're not walking in the flesh, but we are walking in the Spirit. Because the Bible says the flesh and the Spirit will wrestle against each other till the day we die. But therefore, the Holy Spirit must take charge and rule over the flesh so that we would walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Not only can we grieve the Holy Spirit, vex the Holy Spirit, we can also, we can offend the Holy Spirit. 
Listen, I want you to know today that we have got to have the Holy Spirit to be activated in our hearts and our lives because we cannot do anything unless we've got the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. And to some, that is hard for people to do, to deny themselves. But Jesus says, if you're going to be a follower of me, if you're going to be a disciple of me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, not his. He's already, been, he's already went through the cross. He's been nailed to the tree. Jesus says, take up your cross. You see, there's a cross that you and I must bear every day. There's temptations. There's things that comes our way. That's a cross that we've got to bear afflictions things that we deal with and i've always said it physically spiritually financially emotionally mentally these are things that you and i deal with every day that's a cross that we've got to bear but he says if you deny yourself put yourself aside in other words jesus says let me be resurrected in your heart and life then the cross that you bear will not be a cross that you cannot bear because he says yoke up with me my yoke is easy come and i will give you rest there is rest in carrying the cross there is rest in what you're dealing with why because it's not you that's carrying it alone, but it's Jesus Christ that's carrying the cross for you. He's holding up the cross. He's not going to take it away from you. But guess what? The Apostle Paul says, Lord, take this thing away from me. I can't handle this anymore. He says, no, I'm leaving it right there because he says, my grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Today, you may be wrestling with things right now in your life. You may feel like the whole world is on your shoulders. You may feel like all the weight is down on you and you don't know which way to turn. You can't, it's like you, if you look to the left, you look to the right, there's no hope. Listen, today, folks, I want you to know there is living hope in Christ Jesus because there's victory on top of victory. We don't have to hold our head down high, but we can lift our, our, our head up and we can say, Lord Jesus, I want you to know that you are in control and I'm giving everything to you. That's when God becomes God in your heart and your life. Listen, the Bible lets us know that God clearly loves us. That He doesn't want none of us to perish, but He wants us to have everlasting life. And He helps us day in and day out. What is that that grieves the heart of God? You cannot be filled with bitterness and be filled with the Spirit. You cannot be filled with anger and be filled with the Spirit. You cannot be filled with malice and be filled with the Spirit. You cannot be filled with hatred and be filled with the Spirit. Confess those sins and forsake them. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit must be activated in your heart and your life. If you cannot forgive in bitterness, in anger, malice, in hatred, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're walking 
in the flesh. And when you walk in the flesh, you will walk into death. Because we are to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's Jesus Christ that has transformed us and renewed our hearts and our minds so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. We're not to walk in the flesh, but we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to speak in the Spirit. We're to pray in the Spirit. And we're to allow the Holy Spirit to take charge in our hearts and in our lives. I want you to know this today. Quench not the spirit is my second point. You must stop quenching the spirit. To quench the spirit is to stifle or suppress his work in you. To quench the spirit is to halt his work in your heart. To quench the spirit is to resist him. To quench the spirit is to exalt your your will above the will of God. To quench the spirit is to tune him out. Tune to channel worry. Tuning to channel fear. Tuning to channel entertainment. Tuning to channel greed. When you stop quenching the spirit, wonderful things will begin to happen. Doors will begin to be opening in your lives. You will have a peace of mind. You will then experience the work of the comforter. How that he will comfort you and not leave you comfortless when you don't quench the Holy Spirit. Third, walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 16 in my closing today. Then I say then, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Look at this. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at this. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, all of us in here, including your pastor, we have desires. We have passions. We have things that you and I deal with every day. But also, as a Christian, we've got to be in check and balance. You know, if you don't do check and balance with your checkbook, you'll have your checkbook all out of whack you'll have your finances all out of whack. Because you can't spend out, logically, think about this, you can't spend out more than what you got coming in. But you've got to monitor what you've got coming in so that you know what's going out. Well, it's the same way with our walk with God. We've got to watch what's coming in to our lives. we got to watch those things. Because, listen, the devil's out to kill, steal, and to destroy He will do everything he can to bring you down, your family down, and everything else around you down. And he'll leave you with zero. But listen, if we walk in the Spirit, you will not. Look at this. You will not. You shall not fulfill the flesh. Look at this. This is a promise, folks. If we walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because now you're transferring your ideas, your theories, and your opinions, and your abilities that you've got in our little little small mind, mute mind that we've got over God 
and we're trying to control things. When we try to control things, that's when we're out of control. But when we allow the Spirit to transform our hearts and our minds, then we're not walking in the flesh. Now we're walking in the Spirit. Listen, man's positive choices delights in the emotions of the Holy Spirit as he is. What do we have to do to walk in the Spirit? We've got to obey. Walk in obedience to the Word. In Psalms 119 and 5, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yielding to Him is in obedience. That's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to obey what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. Not only do we obey, but we believe. Choosing to believe the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth allows us to experience His divine power to free us from sin. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13, But we are bond, uh, bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning uh, chosen you to salvation, sanctification of the Spirit, and, and belief of the truth. Not only do we obey, not only do we believe, but we honor, acknowledge Him in all our ways. Look to Him as our counselor, comfort, and divine guide into all truth. You must start walking in the Spirit. Walk, and walking speaks of faith. As we clearly see, the lame man arose and walked. Peter walked on the water. To walk in the Spirit is to take by faith that God has granted His fulfilling and proceeds accordingly. Some things to confess. Grieving, quenching, and one thing to take by faith. His filling. Because it becomes very personal and something to settle uh, alone. Knowing that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stand with me across the building today. Listen. We must understand.